welcome to episode number five of the Foodie Flashback, the podcast where we talk about food and memories. Um, this time around, I have someone, I think, I, I don't even remember where I met you exactly, um, but I do remember that we met up for the first time at WWTC in San Jose, like two years ago? That's right. Two years ago. Yeah, so, two years ago. Welcome, Tom. Uh, thanks, Patrice. I'm happy to be here. Great. Um, you're usually, I mean, this might, is this your very first podcast ever or have you done podcasts before? This is my absolute first podcast. Wow. I'm okay. very honored to, to be on your podcast. Yeah, me too. I mean, that is, that is a massive honor for me. Like that, like the first podcast ever. And you're going to talk about like your, your food memories. So, um, but like, I mean, I know obviously what, like where you work and what you do, but maybe you can let the listeners know a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. Uh, I live in California. I live in what is now called Silicon Valley. When I was a kid, it was called Santa Clara County in Santa Clara <laughs> Valley. I've lived here all my life uh, in uh, this, what we call the South Bay Area, San Francisco mm -hmm. Bay Area. Um, I uh, uh, was born in Mountain View. Some of you may know Mountain View from Google. Oh, uh, so. and, and I uh, uh, I work in the semiconductor industry, which was uh, pretty much born in uh, in Silicon Valley. That's what the silicon in Silicon Valley means. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you've been involved in the silicon in Silicon Valley for, for a long time, I'm guessing. Long time. A lot longer than I like to admit. Let's put it that way. A <laughs> lot, lot longer than you thought, probably, as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's been yeah, it's been over thirty-five years now. Wow, wow, that is pretty impressive. Um, we talked a little bit before, and you mentioned that you're you don't consider yourself a foodie, right? I am not a foodie, Patrice, and that's why <laughs> I think it's so funny I'm on your podcast. I am, I am. Uh, I think you you mentioned in one of the podcasts maybe with Doc about sort of uh, sustenance type of mm -hmm. uh, uh, food person. Yeah. But, but of course, food is is a big part of everybody's life, whether you're a foodie or not. Exactly. I mean, that was that was the whole point. Like, I wanted to talk to not just people who consider themselves foodies, but also to people who don't, because I think, I mean, food is one way or another a massive part of everybody's life. And I mean, you couldn't like you literally couldn't survive without it, uh, or well, it would be very hard to do at least. Um, so it. it it's for me and I think also for the listeners super interesting to hear different perspectives and like I mean you if we talk about food you often hear foodies or people that that really care deeply about food so it's really interesting to to hear like different voices and someone who doesn't think that way and usually wouldn't speak about it so right. I, I, that's why I was like when you said hey I'm not a foodie I like I'm, I'm not sure I should be here and I was like yes you, you absolutely should be like this is the whole reason and we're gonna we're gonna see like where like what what you what your your life looks like and like how we will be able to compare that to someone like Doc who's like completely like the opposite end probably we'll see I mean I don't know maybe we'll end up that that we say hey maybe 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 you are a foodie, it's just a different type. Yeah, like, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. Like, uh, we'll see where it goes and where we end up. But, um, it's, as I said, it's like this, 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 this difference in this very, like, variation and variety in how people relate to food and how they care about, how much they care about food is, is, I think, super interesting. So, um, I mean, you just mentioned for you, food is sustenance. Right. Um, is that something that, like, happened 
over time, like over like your life, or was that something that like even early childhood you already were thinking like that? that that's a good question. I've thought a lot about it uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I think, Patrice, one of the things is I grew up in a very big family. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a family of eight kids, I'm the, and I'm oh. the youngest of eight mm-hmm. kids. That's pretty big. So, you know, with my parents, that means there were 10 people in our house. Mm-hmm. And I think just from a practical point of view, it was difficult to to be too intense about food. You mm-hmm. know, my poor mother had to cook food for 10 people every day. <laughs> And even if she wanted to, you know, do recipes from the Cordon Bleu, it was just not practical. Mm -hmm. And so food for us was more about, uh, or the meals were more about the family gathering, you Mm -hmm. know, all 10 of us sitting at a table and talking and laughing and joking. Those are my memories of food. It Mm -hmm. was the meal and uh, the the atmosphere and especially being the youngest. Mm -hmm. You know, I was sort of the little kid in the corner observing everybody. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a v- fantastic. Those are the kind of memories I have that mm-hmm. were just fantastic memories of, of so, meals. You know? So it sounds a little bit like, I mean, it, it's not that you didn't care about food. It's more that you did care more about or like your family was also more like like focused on the, the social part, like the social aspect of, of like the experience of food. Right. That's right. That's right. And our family is still close. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we've lost a couple of members along the way, but our family is very close and has always been very close. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's really the, the 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 most important thing about my childhood is my my family. Mm-hmm. And um, and and you know, some of the big events. You know, like you talking other uh, with the other guys. Some of them, the the best memories I have do revolve around food. You know, mm-hmm. it's the Thanksgiving dinner or the 4th of July barbecue or, uh, you know, uh, I live in California, so we barbecued a lot and we'd have birthday parties out in the back patio and barbecuing. Mm-hmm. So food was always there. Yeah. And it's not that I, I, I don't hate food. I don't, I'm not totally uninterested, uninterested in food. Mm-hmm. It's just always been kind of the background music, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it was more like the supporting actor, and the main thing was the family that's there, and the interactions, that's and the, right. like having fun together, and like, com- like talking to each other about whatever, whatever you talked about. Like, I mean, as a kid, probably I don't know, right, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> who you beat up in school or you got beaten up <laughs> right. by, like depending, <laughs> something like that. Um, so, uh, but I mean, you you said like food was still important in the, like for, for those, it's, at least for the special occasions, like when your family got together for, as you said, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or like all of that, right. 4th of July, probably. Um, like, how, like how, how important was it for, for your mom? Like, did she, did she prepare, or like a family in general, I don't know who cooked. Um, did she prepare like a lot of, like a lot, on those occasions, like a lot of dishes and a lot of different things and cooked all day? Or was it more like, okay, I'm going to like do the minimum so that we have some nice food, but like, that's it. Uh, it was always about volume in my family mm-hmm. well, because there were so, so many people. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> you know, even for, in so-called everyday dinner, mm-hmm. it would take her a couple of hours to prepare. Mm-hmm. And I can remember um, her working on a stove and it was a pretty modest kitchen with a four burner electric stove. Mm-hmm. And so she would have to have huge pots of, you know, if we're having spaghetti yeah. for 10 people, you need a huge pot <laughs> oh, of, yes. of pasta. Right. And, yeah. and you know, the, the sauce took another big, big mm-hmm. pot or pan. Uh, so my memories were, 
about that were about how much time it took for my mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he did spend a lot of time. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't in, like those special occasions. It wasn't more. It was more, as you said, more about the volume and not about the the quality of the food in this case. Yeah, you know, yeah. of course, you know, on Thanksgiving it was always about the turkey. How big is the turkey? Mm-hmm. When should we put it in? How is it looking? <laughs> is it ready yet? You know, that was a conversation mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. the day. Or um, the one time when she put the turkey on the table to let it cool before she served it, and she walked in, and the cat was up there licking the turkey. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she was horrified, of course. <laughs> um, but it was it was always kind of the you know uh, kind of a framework, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, meals are sort of uh, found anchor points in a day, mm-hmm. whether it's Thanksgiving Definitely. or just a you know Wednesday. Yeah. You know, it was always the time for us to gather around, and it would sort of build up from towards the end of my mom's preparation when people started to show up at the table and mm-hmm. from wherever they were and. Um, to the cleanup, you know, clean up sure. after meals <laughs> for a family of 10 took a while oh, as yep. well. Yeah, especially uh, in, the, in the time where there were no dishwashers yet. That's right. Like nowadays, it's a little bit easier, usually at right. least if you have one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I remember since I was the youngest, um, you know, I I was at home when um, my, you know, when I was four or five or six, I was still at home and my mom had to go to the grocery store almost every day. Mm-hmm. You know, back then we had very, very small refrigerators. Mm-hmm. So just for something like milk and eggs, you almost had to go, you know, you know every day. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm old enough to remember when we had things like milk and egg delivered to the yeah. house. And that was every day. <laughs> and now we do that again. <laughs> yeah. Now it's coming back after 50 or 60 years. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I, you know, I do remember going to when I was young, going to school, the school was up the street about a quarter mile away and walking mm-hmm. to school and seeing all the milk trucks crisscrossing the neighborhood. You know, that's uh, something that kids mm-hmm. today haven't grown up with. No, I, I don't you know, even remember that. Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah, uh, for, for me, that's crazy. Her. I mean, I've seen it in movies or whatever, like when they show the good old days, basically. <laughs> it's yeah, like, okay. Really? People delivered milk to your yeah, house? Exactly. Yeah. Is that? And now, nowadays, we still like it, it came back at some point. Um, but so, so I mean, yeah, it, it sounds like the, the, the food was more, like food was more the like kind of the reason to get together and like the, right. the meals were the anchor points. Um, how much were you involved in cooking at all or like preparation in general, like whether it was setting the table or anything surrounding that? My my job ended up, you know, I was, the, again, I was the youngest. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was the baby of the family. Everybody sure. else did everything. So that, that's why I really like being the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, my older brothers and sisters helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had m- one of my older brothers was kind of more involved or more interested than the others. Um, I'm, I developed a lot of expertise in, in washing dishes. So <laughs> so that, was your, day, that was your skill then? Or your, your job? Yeah, that was my skill. And, <laughs> and even to this day, you know, my wife cooks and I clean up. Mm-hmm. Those are our jobs. That's so I, I have more memories about sitting at the mm-hmm. sink, washing and drying dishes than mm-hmm. I do cook. Yeah, kind of kind of when you mentioned that, that like, I mean, you're the youngest and your, your siblings are like, basically taking all those jobs i was kind of wondering about that i mean how much that influenced you like getting so uh, i mean i i'm not sure whether it's about not caring as much about food but also getting so like involvement so little involvement in 
in the whole process. Yeah, that's so, probably a, that's probably a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if I, I was in a smaller family and or if I was the older kid in the family, mm-hmm. I might have been more involved in mm-hmm. food in the food prep. If you look at your siblings today, like, I mean, can you see that? Like, are they, is there someone where you say, hey, totally a foodie, like, loves to cook? Uh, is that, like, is there any correlation as far as you can see? I think in, in general, my my family are, are not real foodies, but mm-hmm. my oldest brothers and sisters are more, they're definitely better cooks. Mm-hmm uh, than the younger ones. Um, and I think, I think they do have a more of a, an appreciation for finer mm-hmm. foods or more interesting mm-hmm. foods or want to have longer discussions about food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's true than, than the younger kids, you know, we, we just because we weren't involved. So maybe mm-hmm. that had a big influence on it. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like anyone's fault. It was literally, I mean, by, okay, the older ones are simply more mature and can do, can right. help more. So they got all the jobs that were there and then like there was nothing left really. Or, or, or I mean, with 10, with 10 people, it's also a little bit of space issues. Like at some point, right. like you don't want to add too many people to, to the, to the kitchen. Like it's, <laughs> it just gets chaotic. Uh, like right. probably pretty right. hard for your mom to, to even get like, <laughs> keep track of everything at that point. So right. is that like you simply like, nobody made that decision that you were like not involved as much. It's literally like the jobs were all taken and right. So right. Makes, makes me wonder how, like how you then ended, like how you ended up being, being involved in the cleaning up after was that more like, okay, the, the, the older siblings cooked or helped cooking. So the, the, the like who didn't have to clean up after or how, what was the deal? I don't remember it that way. I think it was kind of maybe a little bit more natural. Mm-hmm. And I think, You know, uh, I had a sister who was just a, a year older than mm-hmm. me, and I do remember us. Maybe, maybe it was more us wanting to get involved. Mm-hmm. So when I said I was involved in cleaning up, maybe it was I was involved in cleaning up mm-hmm. more to humor me than me being actually functional in cleaning <laughs> up. Well, I mean, that, but that's how it starts usually. I mean, that's like, it, like I remember that from my my childhood to, to some extent. I mean, I'm the oldest. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was more like, I mean, you start out with the, with the, like, I mean, <laughs> it's more nuisance than anything else. Like you, you're not really helping uh, that right. much, but it's like, you're there. And then like over time, you're like, you acquire certain skills and you get better, you get older as well. <laughs> and then right. like, it just progresses from there. And, um, maybe, maybe that's why I like, And, and, and my brothers and sisters were great about uh, getting the younger, us younger ones involved. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my older brothers and sisters were fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, they gave me a bad time from time to time too. <laughs> of course. Me, but, but in general, they were, they were very, um, very good. So I think part of it was probably, you know, let's mm-hmm. get the little kids involved. They want, you know, they're mm-hmm. interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very fortunate. I always, we always say my whole family always says what a great family we have and how fortunate we are. Yeah. Um, so it definitely sounds like it. I mean, the, the fact that you're getting, I mean, kind of a little bit also the times that like it, it, I think it was more back then than it is today that families get together at, for the meals. And yeah, because like, nowadays a little you know, bit I, depends, I would say on the family. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about when I was little, this is in the late sixties. And it was still pretty traditional, you know, dad worked, mom stayed at home. Mm -hmm. Um, The challenge was very quickly, you know, by the time, you know, I'm the youngest, my oldest sister is 13 years older than Mm -hmm. me. 
So by the time she was going off to college, I was only six. Yeah. You know, so I was still pretty young. So, Mm -hmm. and then what happened from having all 10 people um, eating dinner at the same time as, as my brothers and sisters got older, they were, you know, off to junior college or Mm -hmm. had jobs. Yeah. More, also more independent in general, like. That's right. And, yeah. and and my mom became more of a short order cook. We used to say she was a short order cook because <laughs> everybody ate at different times. And mm-hmm. my brother was working, so he'd eat early or late mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it seemed like she was at, in the kitchen at the stove kind of like <laughs> three or four hours at a time doing two or three sittings, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it, it did change over time as, as my brothers and sisters got older and, mm-hmm. and moved out of the house. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like it was pretty also pretty difficult. I mean, no, no matter which way you look at it, whether it's cooking for ten people at the same time, or doing what you said, the short order cook, where it's like whatever two three people at a time, it's still yeah, it's still crazy. Uh, what kind yeah. of what kind of food do you remember? What kind of food she she liked to cook? Like, um, were there a couple staples that you remember? So I can remember, you know, when it kind of evolved over time from when it was all 10 of us Mm -hmm. to, you know, when it became more fragmented, you know, when, when it was the whole group, it was always a lot of, uh, you know, big beef stews, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, pasta, you know, with, with, with vegetables, Mm -hmm. I can remember, you know, taco night, taco night for us was, You know, so imagine you have 10 people and you each eat two or three tacos. That means Mm -hmm. you need 30 tortillas, 30 tortillas. (laughs) So it'd be like an assembly line that went on for about 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Taco night, pot roast, pasta. I mean, probably in general, like a lot of the, like, I mean, I don't want to say cheaper dishes, but like yeah. dishes you can make in volume and they're not too expensive because I mean, if you have Absolutely. to feed 10 people, uh, like budget is, is definitely a consideration, I would, I would guess. Right, right. So definitely, you know, the more affordable stuff, mm-hmm. you know, probably a balance of affordability, nutrition and sort of ability to get it done. Mm. for 10 people yeah and also a reasonable amount of time i mean you can't do anything that's too complicated because it's just going to take too long for like given the volume right exactly um Um, but it sounds like she cooked like did she cook from scratch or like did she buy like tv dinners i mean like you said 60s 70s that was the time tv dinners were fairly popular at some point we yeah yeah we did stuff like tv dinners but that was more like a special event Mm -hmm. uh and uh i'm not even sure we considered those meals you know? <laughs> it was, it was more the the <coughs> ones every every now and then we like nobody wanted to cook and we're like okay let's make this let's right. make this this one time where we do this <laughs> that's right or when you know i remember when the first mcdonald's uh opened up mm-hmm. in sunnyvale a couple miles away it was more of a, 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 a of an event or a novelty mm-hmm. sure. um yeah that kind of stuff. You know, she didn't, I don't think she cooked from scratch, you know, she couldn't make her own pasta. There wasn't enough time for that. Sure, no. But it was pretty, yeah. you know, basic American mm-hmm. 
you know, food from sort of the era of the 50s and 60s, mm -hmm. all the staples. And like you said, you know, affordability was important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't I didn't think she would make like her own pasta or grow her and whatever veggies. <laughs> but no. like, I mean, from scratch, at least close to close to from scratch. Like, yeah, yeah, we didn't buy a lot, you know, but, you know, I heard you talking to Doc about um, frozen bricks of mm -hmm. vegetables, for mm -hmm. bird's eye, you know, occasionally we do that. We get bags of frozen vegetables, mm -hmm. um, but but we're in California. So the, one of the advantages here was we got fairly fresh fruits and vegetables all yeah. year long. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I you mean, know, there's a lot of convenience. You just open in a bag and dumping them in, in some boiling water to get the vegetables done. Um, so yeah, there was some of that, but, mm -hmm. but for convenience. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's even more impressive than like cooking for 10 people and for the most part using fresh ingredients yeah um that is i mean yeah they're available but i mean they usually also require at least a little bit more time like i mean you might have to clean and cut like yeah, veggies yeah, yeah. or whatever so yeah, yeah like that's even more impressive in my in my eyes like but I, I but i think the convenience of things like frozen vegetables were were designed for families like ours you know yeah absolutely and yeah. I, I would have totally understood that so that's why i'm like i'm surprised that like family like that that your your mom did that um yeah for the most part yeah, yeah. did did um, you did you also like i mean i don't know were your grandparents around still did you like visit them or cook with them or any or like was there any anything like that happening you know i don't i don't really have memories of that my um I, my two sets of grandparents uh one set was in montana mm -hmm. uh the other set was when i was real little was up in seattle my parents originally met in seattle mm-hmm um, and my one grandfather on my, on my dad's side, my grandmother on my, um, mother's side died when I was very young mm -hmm. and I don't really remember them. Um, so I don't, I don't have any memories of, uh, uh, grandparents, mm -hmm. you know, for like Thanksgiving, that kind of stuff. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's also like, that's my, the reason I'm asking is because that seems to be a little bit of a theme with a lot of people yeah. that care a lot about food or care to some extent, at least about food, um, that their grandparents were like involved sometimes simply by like by more or less by accident because they were the, the babe, the built-in babysitters. <laughs> so, right. so, uh, you would go to them like on a Friday or whatever, and then they, like they had time, so they would cook or like also I think that generation in general cooked even more than than like the the like your, your parents would at that point. So right, yeah, I've heard you talk about that, and I thought about it. For me, you know, it, it was mm -hmm. very different, and I think yeah. you're right. That may have had an influence on how I approached mm -hmm. this stuff because I, I doesn't didn't have that yeah. experience. Doesn't make it worse or anything. It's just something I, I noticed that like for a lot of people, their their earliest memories are the grandparents doing something. I mean, to, to right. you and who like his, his, his grandma's trifle is basically the sherry right. trifle. And yeah. it's, it's, it's what he, like what he remembered most and, and like same with doc where it's like, okay, yeah, I like cooked a lot with my grandma. Same for me. So that's, that's why I'm like, I'm asking. It's just interesting to see. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Like I'm pretty no, sure. But you might be onto something, yeah. you know, it might be one of the major factors and, 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 mm. And and how it gets ingrained in your brain, mm. you know, when you're so young and, and impressionable, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I said it was probably a time for the most part, even a time factor because your parents were working usually. Um, right. So I mean, and then in your case, um, like 
had to had to cook for 10 people so uh or your mom had had to so there's simply less time available like you're you're like you have to deal with the family like everything basically and cook for for them and like deal with whatever emergencies happening that day because with yeah, 10 people you know, there's you, always something <laughs> right if yeah. you do the math with probability yeah. there's a exactly. disaster happening with one of us yeah. almost every day exactly and the grandparents were usually like i said the, one the built-in babysitters and two right. like they had usually more time available so they could like spend also more time with you like cooking something or doing something like in the kitchen especially yeah, the grandmothers I And I think, you know, for my older brothers and sisters, they, they may have had more experience with mm -hmm. my grandparents. They were uh, around more. My, my parents mm -hmm. lived in Seattle near my grandfather and grandmother. Um, mm -hmm. But for that example that you're talking about, if my parents had, for some reason, needed somebody to take care of us younger kids, it was my older brothers yeah, and sisters. Yeah, that makes sense. It wasn't grandparents. <laughs> yeah. You know, so wait, I had five or six built-in babysitters. <laughs> it's, it's very convenient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that I said that kind of for me that kind of makes sense. I mean I don't know. I'm not that like I said I'm I'm not saying it's bad. Like it it's yeah. it's simply it is like it's it's a different perspective on things and different approach. But like I'm, I'm just wondering about it whether like it might have anything to do with that. I think it might. I think yeah. you might be onto something. Yeah, and then I mean you you mentioned that like in your neighborhood, um, like your neighbor made some really good cinnamon rolls. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're uh, they're legendary, Patrice. The legend. So I had a uh, uh, in the house where I grew up across the street was a family um, who had their grandmother living with them, mm -hmm. and and it was a divorced family. So she was there to help take care of the kids and house and so on. Uh, and during the day, she baked a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like having a bakery across the street, <laughs> and you know she was old school baker uh -huh. from definitely from scratch. Yeah, what kind and, of things did she bake? Like other than uh, she baked a lot of breads, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, so I remember a lot of bread, um, dill bread, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. one, that was really good bread. I mm -hmm. forgot about that actually until <laughs> just now. That that was really good bread, and to mm -hmm. this day, I still love dill bread. Yeah, um, sounds amazing. So all, yeah, so she she made a lot of bread, not not for special events. It was just mm -hmm. that's you know how, every how day. She did yeah, yeah, every day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once in a while, I don't know how often it was, maybe once a month, every couple of months, she would make sheets and sheets of cinnamon rolls. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, my God, they were, they were the best thing ever. And, you know, of course, she was cooking for her family, but she'd come walking across the street with mm -hmm. this can of cinnamon rolls. And, you know, with 10 kids there, my mom would, you know, <laughs> if she didn't put them away or hide them in some way. Mm -hmm. A pan would be empty in about two <laughs> nanoseconds. Two seconds. <laughs> yeah, it would be gone. <laughs> and, uh, that was always a good day uh, when uh, Mrs. Kruger made the cinnamon rolls. That mm. was a good day. Yeah, it's basically like the kids would be like sensing that there are cinnamon rolls somewhere, and everything yeah. like, comes swarming. <laughs> and one can... brother, Rick, and I, especially, we were uh, we were big fans of that, mm. and. Uh, I can I can mention that to my brother Rick today, and I think he'll start salivating. <laughs> yeah, later. I think that there, I I don't know what it is. There is something to cinnamon rolls that that makes that happen. Like a lot of people I know, I mean, if they're I mean, even if they're like me, not not much into sweets, 
the cinnamon, cinnamon rolls have like a special status where like like every almost everybody likes them. I mean, there are probably a couple of people here and there who like don't care about them at all or don't like them. But I think almost everybody that I at least know of, like when you mention cinnamon rolls, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah, I want right. some. I, I've never heard anybody say that they don't like cinnamon rolls too yeah. much. And exactly. You, so so you know, I, I know. Yeah, I know. I still like cinnamon. You know, and and all kinds of forms mm-hmm. today and maybe mm-hmm. it was rooted in, in those cinnamon rolls yeah probably what what did make them special to you was it just well, the fact were, that the neighbor were bringing them or they were they were just so good you know mm-hmm. um they were fresh and uh when she brought them over they were still warm mm-hmm. and so i i can to this day i can still recall the memory of the smell mm-hmm you know, the cinnamon and, yeah. and she frosted them as well yeah. with um, homemade frosting. Yeah. And the and the, the bread she used was fresh, mm-hmm. the dough. Um I think I think they were just so clearly better than anything you buy in the <laughs> store, you know. <laughs> and even not being a foodie, you could just mm. tell and and yeah. and and the the uh it, it it's really the cinnamon. The mm-hmm. cinnamon taste i can taste that in my mouth and, yeah. and that really made it special <laughs> you know what's funny i can do that too right now <laughs> you're, you're talking about them I'm like oh yeah <laughs> yeah it, it it's true i mean it probably doesn't hurt that it's also sugar which for kids especially is right. like a major major thing <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and our family is very uh, fond of sweets, mm-hmm. uh, and to this day, that's something you mm-hmm. know. The one thing about food that I am conscious about is I am a I I, I can't go overboard on sweets, so I mm-hmm. have to have some discipline about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think almost everybody has to. <laughs> like, you can't you can't all the, eat all the sweets. I mean, especially with like cinnamon rolls. Like, I mean, you can't eat the entire sheet. Like, it's. <laughs> I don't think that's. Oh, that's I could good for you. You'd probably I'd be could, sick yeah. for a week, but I could do it. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. I mean, if if you get the chance, probably. <laughs> I mean, with with the other siblings there, it's probably pretty tough. Like to to get the entire sheet for yourself. Yeah, but yeah, you could. That, that is the one thing in my family. We're all pretty fond of desserts, mm-hmm. you know. You know, some families, you know, everybody likes dessert to some extent, but mm-hmm. we're a little maybe on the on the one end of the spectrum, you know. And and in my family, I always joke with my dad, who's still alive. He's ninety five, and we say, you know, we all love dessert, but if it ain't chocolate, it ain't dessert. <laughs> So we're, you know, we're not real connoisseurs, you know, oh. it's, if it's got chocolate on it and mm. it's pretty good, we're happy. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it, it's, it's funny. I mean, I think that's why I said, like most people have like a fondness for desserts and like, it, it might be cinnamon rolls. It might be something else. Uh, we're going to see like what, what other people come up with. Right. Uh, I mean, we had we had Ewan's uh, sherry trifle, which is also dessert. Right. Um, right. But it's I think desserts are probably pretty high on the list of like things people remember. I mean, one they were like like your neighbors uh, cinnamon rolls. They were a special occasion thing. Like you didn't eat cinnamon rolls every day. Then they right. probably wouldn't have been as memorable and as good. I mean, it it, I it was a special yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and I think that thing of like you said when when you're a kid, you're sort of uh uh, uh, lean towards dessert, and mm-hmm. so those, those memories get burned on your brain. And mm-hmm. 
and you carry it through your whole life. And yeah. And, you know, I do have a lot of memories of desserts now that I think about. <laughs> That's you know, going to Ghirardelli Square in San Francisco and getting hot fudge sundaes. Oh, my mm-hmm, God. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was a great day, too. That happened, you know, maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've ever been in a chocolate factory and you walk in it, yes. and if you love chocolate and you walk yeah. into the Ghirardelli factory and it's like, oh, man, <laughs> century overload, and you yeah. get in line and get a hot fudge, hot fudge sundae. Man, that yeah. was a good day. I, I haven't been to to that one i've been there's a chocolate factory in like in the phoenix area that is also fairly well known and fairly old and they actually have a chocolate festival every year uh it was actually one of the one of the first dates with my wife was we went there the chocolate factory factory. and i'm not like i'm i'm not into chocolate too much like into sweets in general but yeah as you said like that that like you come in and like it's that sensory overload like it's all this different smells and chocolate in general yeah, and yeah i think that's the probably the other the other uh food that a lot of people will will have memories about and, and relate to is, is chocolate yeah like i mean if you ask people like what's their go-to comfort sweet at home like a lot of people will probably say some like some version of chocolate like somehow right so, yeah um what i mean what kind of like chocolate dessert did your family like do oh. or enjoy? Like, what That's was your favorite question. there? If you can remember one, I, I you know I think chocolate cake was always a winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so German chocolate. For, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, not for me as much a German chocolate. You know, with uh, uh, when when I was a kid, I was always averse to you know coconut or weird mm-hmm. nuts and things. Mm-hmm. You know. It, Took a while. Had to had to be older in, until I acquired a taste of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the others in my family loved German chocolate uh-huh. cake, <laughs> uh, but just kind of straight chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, you know, getting C's candy was was a, a mm-hmm. major event. You know, mm-hmm. C's is is I think was originally from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a local thing that that spread more nationally. I don't know internationally if people know C's candy. Mm, I've definitely um, seen it somewhere here. Like I'm pretty sure it was, it, it's kind of you know in those days it was kind of the high end chocolate. You know mm-hmm. it wasn't the Hershey bar, or Snickers mm-hmm. bar, you know, yeah. the good stuff. Uh, that that was always a major event. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the first thing that came to mind was was chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. I you know to this day I still love cake, chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the American definition of cake. Yeah, I mean like. They're pretty good. Like the funny thing about German, that's why I asked about German chocolate. That seems to be like something a lot of people in the US care a lot about. And I think it's German and it's not. Like, <laughs> that's a funny thing for me. I'm like, yeah, this like doesn't <laughs> even exist over here. <laughs> that's well, you know, what, how, how we Americans adopt things and try to change history a little bit. But, <laughs> you know, my, my mom's side of the family was German. Mm-hmm. So there was some, mm-hmm. some, some of that influence. Mm-hmm. My the, uh, on my dad's side was Irish, mm-hmm. and of course Irish have no ability to cook. So <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they have other skills. Uh, I, uh, I'm joking, of course. Uh, but I do remember cho- German chocolate mm-hmm. cake, and and you know I don't, I don't know for sure. Maybe that did mm-hmm. come from my mom and and her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know it was definitely present but yeah. as a little kid you know it was always kind of the kind of the straighter sure yeah cake you know it was, uh, anything beyond that was always 
viewed yeah. with suspicion. Yeah, I mean that that kind of makes sense. I mean, for for kids, that's that's pretty standard. Like it's the like <laughs> the simpler things, like that get you the sugar as fast as possible. Right. <laughs> like that's like you don't care about the frilly whatever. Like I remember, I made uh, tiramisu for my my family once, and my wife loved it, and everybody else didn't. <laughs> It might have been a little bit the coffee as well, but I think it was also just the like the, the taste and everything together. And so we ate like an entire baking dish of tiramisu. Like we we're like, well, more for us. Well, well, your most important audience was happy, and that's yeah, important. The, yeah. Well, I was hoping that they would like everybody would like it, obviously. <laughs> but no, like I mean, we didn't care. We were like, hey, more for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the way I look at it too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it it sounds to me that like I mean you said like I mean you might not consider yourself a foodie, but you definitely care about like about sweets, like about desserts and yeah. chocolate and yeah. like all of that. So yeah, that's... you know, and of course as I got older, you know, my uh, my uh, uh, interest got uh, much broader, mm -hmm. and I think you know, in my job, I travel a lot. I used to travel a, a lot more than I do now. Mm -hmm. And so I got exposed to, you know, more sophisticated foods or different kinds of foods. And, mm -hmm. you know, I heard you talk to Doc about sort of the, uh, the archaeology of food and, mm -hmm. and, and the history or the entomology, whatever you would yep. call it. Um, and, and I have a little interest in that, not, not, not as much as Doc, but um, I, it's one of the things I like about traveling. Mm -hmm. You know, going to, I, I spent a lot of time in Japan and it was great at exploring food in Japan. Mm -hmm. Some great experiences, some like, Really, we eat this part of the fish. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Okay, let's give it a try. You know, yep. <laughs> sometimes it turned out well, sometimes it didn't. You know, most you know, Japan is a fantastic place. For mm -hmm. food. Even for a non-foodie, you can mm -hmm. appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the quality of food and the variety of food. Mm -hmm. I also, you know, used to travel to Europe quite a bit too, mm -hmm. so got exposed to Italian and German and yeah. Dutch food. You know, that was a great experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I think I think that's the interesting thing once you leave the US. I mean, US is very diverse if you look at it. Like I mean, there's a major difference between East Coast and West Coast, but like even right, like definitely. even the state over like California and Arizona is fairly different. Totally. Yeah. So, but I mean, once you leave like the US, which is as I said, pretty big in itself and you go to to Japan, go to Europe, to different countries. Um it's it, it opens up your like your point of view a little bit that you see i mean i've traveled a fair bit around the world and like you see diff how different people deal differently with like what they have and the, the needs they have and like lack of money in some some instances um, and how much care sometimes is also put into food which is something that's right. that's i think in this, this western world in general lacking sometimes yeah like japan yeah is an extreme, you know, yeah. in the preparation of the food and uh, and just the uh, the pride they take in producing quality food mm -hmm. and even the smallest noodle shops at the train station. Yeah, you know, you look at a place and if it was a place in U.S., you'd say, uh, you know, that looks kind of sketchy. I'm not mm -hmm. sure I want to eat there, but I don't think I've ever had any poorly prepared food in japan ever yeah. <laughs> they would you probably know? get killed if they did that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they, would, they would string them up by their toes mm -hmm. you yeah. know no i mean um, th that that's definitely true i mean i haven't been to japan yet that's definitely on my list um, yeah you need but italy is italy is to some extent the same yeah. like especially in the south i have friends down there 
and like food in Italy has like a ma- plays a major role like culturally, but it's right. not just food. It's also to like not always and so not everywhere, but the the produce like where something comes from and how it was produced and like the as I said unfortunately it's dying off a little bit by like the grandmas that used like used to make the the, the pasta by hand right. every day right. and like to right. like to really cared about i mean it was kind of i mean it's a mass it's mass produced to some extent because it's like <laughs> you have to make a lot of like whatever or get it to like f- feed a family of them um, right. but they did that every day and they cared right. e- about each and every noodle that they like made uh, deeply about it and made sure it was yeah, perfect. It's just, it, it was just a, a different time and you know uh the way the world worked was much slower and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things from that era that uh we suffer from not mm-hmm. having experience in, in anymore yeah yeah and, you know i have a little little of experience you know in, in italy more northern italy where mm-hmm. You go to some restaurant for for lunch or, or dinner, and it's just a slower pace. You mm-hmm. take your time, yeah. And like you said, all the pasta is fresh and, and made on site. And uh, you know, of course, for us Americans, it takes some you know adjustment period. Like <laughs> Definitely. To slow down, yeah. You know, take your time. Appreciate yeah. what you know the, the the nice people that are feeding you food mm-hmm. and talk to them a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not about just coming in and eating and running, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that was for me. I think the first time I was down in in southern Italy, coming from Germany, despite the fact that I had traveled quite a bit, but like never been to that area, um, that was the biggest difference, honestly. Like the like I I went to the restaurant at eight p.m. and I was like, kind of thinking it would be a little bit late, almost. Like I was. I mean, I'm I'm usually more the later later type anyway. So like, right. for me, it wasn't like I mean. A lot of people would have said 6 p.m. is late. I was like, yeah, 8 is okay. They hadn't right. even opened yet. <laughs> because, like, nobody shows up before, like, 9, 9.30 at night. Like, on a weekday. Like, it wasn't even weekend or whatever. There was a, there was a 50th birthday party that started at, like, 10.30 at night. <laughs> like, totally normal there. So, as you said, like, a completely different pace and also different... Right like expectation really i mean they, they said the restaurant the staff was looking at me like oh yeah this weird german guy <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh yeah well, that it, makes it's sense. part <laughs> of what you know where the ugly american comes from because mm-hmm. we're just so disoriented you know to be fair the americans were disoriented i think the problem is if you don't adapt i love mm-hmm. adapting i, I yeah. think that's a fun process to exactly. go through you know, go through you know when you go to japan it's sort of quiet and calm and you have to learn mm-hmm that's the way things are done and, and, and adapt, you know, mm-hmm. when uh, my wife and I go to Hawaii as often as we can every mm-hmm. couple of years um, for vacation. And of course, as soon as we get off the plane, we're, we're still all kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And you just got to get yeah. that aloha spirit, you know, yeah. and it takes a couple hours, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, my, my two best friends are from Hawaii and like, or like right. I mean, that they didn't, they weren't born there. They moved there. But they've definitely adapted to that, like, to that, like, spirit, as you said. And, like, it's totally, like, it's it's like that. Like, it's like, oh, like, what is being 15 minutes late or 30 minutes late? Right. It's, not, it's nothing, like, whatever. Like, it's, <laughs> like, stuff still happens. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and coming from Silicon Valley and the high energy stuff <laughs> yeah. and, and where we go overboard on all that, I really mm-hmm. appreciate the Aloha spirit Me or too. the... Or the, the you know the relaxation and, mm-hmm. and 
Spain or Italy about food, you mm-hmm. know? No, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we definitely have to to follow up on the on the like your travels because I think there are some somewhere stories hidden in there somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think um, there's there's one thing I wanted to ask you about because you mentioned it in like the pre-show basically. Um, the chocolate rice krispies that your mom kind of made yeah that was in addition to the cinnamon rolls that's uh, that dessert is probably uh, uh parallels in terms of uh, being legendary in my mm. family so um there's a breakfast cereal called rice krispies mm. and on the back of the box they had this recipe for I think they called them rice crispy bars mm-hmm. and it was taking the rice krispies and throwing some carol syrup and marshmallows and baking them into a sheet mm-hmm. and it would be sort of sugary rice crispy bars. Yep. Um, and my mom adapted that recipe to, I think she completely eliminated the marshmallows and then layered on top of it, uh, a mix of butterscotch and, and uh, milk chocolate chocolate mm-hmm. uh, chips on top of that. And, and she would make these big sheets. You know, they're only like a half inch tall, mm-hmm. uh, but a big sheet. And oh, my, those those are really good. So it combined, you know, all the sensations, the texture of sort of the uh, the rice in there with all the sweetness of the caro syrup mm-hmm. and then the chocolate and, you know, wherever she came up with that mixture of butterscotch and chocolate chips was, you know, of course to me, it was just perfect. No, it sounds amazing. That's why when you mentioned it, I was like, okay, I have to know more about that. (laughs) (laughs) I may have to go dig up that. I think my brother has that recipe after they get up and and maybe do it again. That That was yet another thing. She would sometimes make it during the day when we were all off at work or Mm -hmm. school and, you know, again, if she left it out, the pan would be empty. In, in three <laughs> she would leave it outside and be like, don't eat this. We, like, <laughs> whatever. It's for dinner later or like for dessert later. And like, no, it's gone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely, if, if you can find that recipe, I think that would be really cool. Like I would put that in the show notes and then people okay, can I'll find see it. if I can dig it up. I'm, I'm pretty sure there are people out there who would like really appreciate that. It's, it's, and, it's and, different. And it, like. If we do do it, don't be shocked about how much caro syrup is in there. <laughs> well, it's a dessert, so. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> like, you definitely don't eat it on a low-carb diet. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so nothing for, for you and for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you guys, it would kill your diet. Yeah, it's, sure. well, I can still do it, like, one day. You just have, don't, don't do it every day. <laughs> well, I think that's a general good idea. Don't do it every day. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to kill you. Yeah, so um yeah, I think I think we're going to leave it at that for today. Like I really wanted to know about the the chocolate rice crispy thing because <laughs> uh that's it's uh, it just sounds really good. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering whether anybody else like has a similar recipe like that. Um it'd be or whether it's, to find yeah, out, like, you know, cuz it was on the back of the box and mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to find out if people have different experiences yeah, with it. or like whatever. Actually, it would be interesting to know whether anybody like took the same starting point and then went in a completely different direction. Like yeah, I mean, yeah, your, yeah. your mom with, went with like chocolate, butterscotch, like that direction. Maybe someone went like completely different direction. So it would be really interesting yeah, to hear. That would be cool to hear yeah. if anybody else did that. Yeah, yeah I agree. 
yeah it's it speaks for the creativity of your mom definitely like yeah making something like that honestly didn't sound too good like marshmallows or whatever and i'm like yeah and making it really good <laughs> yeah you know I, I to this day i i, I can't even stomach the the standard recipe and mm-hmm. you know she knew her audience so adding the chocolate really helped <laughs> her target target yeah. market really well yeah that's that's <laughs> definitely true all right i think that is it for today um thank you so much for being here and please let people know where they can find you if they want to hear more <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for having me, Patrice. I really enjoyed doing this. My, my first ever podcast. Thank you very much. I hope people like it. Uh, you can't really find me anywhere, but if you come to Silicon Valley, you can <laughs> uh, contact me through Patrice. Maybe if you uh, want to connect with anybody mm-hmm. in, in the Valley, let me know. I don't, I'm not really much of a Twitter mm-hmm. Instagram guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a viewer, not so much a content uh, <laughs> contributor. So. Well, you're you're in the in the British Tech Network Slack room every now and then, so. Oh, I am there. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. BTN mm-hmm. Slack room is one of my favorite places to go. So if uh, if you're part of that, let me know. Or uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great place to contact. Me. Yeah, that's definitely. A, if not, reach out to me, and I'll I'll relay any questions that might come up, or anybody who has a similar story or has a similar recipe to share, anything like that. Just reach out to me. Um, you can find me and everything I do on thepatrice.com. And you can find this very podcast on foodieflashback.com or on Twitter at foodieflashback. And as every time I'm going to mention, if you are, if you have a story, if you're like Tom, not a foodie, or you don't consider yourself a foodie at least, no matter what your definition of foodie even might be, I think there are very very different definitions, um, then please reach out to me. Like you don't have to, like you don't have to be a podcaster. You don't have to be a foodie. All we need is a story that you want to tell or that you think would be, would be fun and interesting. And I think everybody has that. Like that my experience at least shows that like everybody has a story. All right. Thanks for listening and see you next time or talk to you next time.